All right, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. Jeff here. Brad, what's up, dude? What's going on, man? Just uh absolutely phenomenal weekend of football. Um, it, sometimes it sucks not having a horse in the race, but when you have four games, you literally can't take your eyes off all weekend. I mean, that's a that's pretty nice as just a football fan. Yeah, this, this time of year, um, I watch a lot of football. I mean, that's one thing that, you know, and you watch a lot of football and, you know, you know, people that, you know, don't associate with watching a lot of football when their team's not involved, maybe they don't understand this, but there's, there's definitely a couple times a year where I, no matter what I'm watching every game, the divisional round is one of those weeks that it's just like, I need to watch every single game that's on TV. Like I just, I was able to watch all four. Um, shockingly, <laughs> the, the one that I watched the least of, um, just because I was busy during that time, but the game was on, I was peeking back and forth and was actually the bucks in, in Rams, shockingly the Tom Brady game, but starting off at the four o'clock Saturday game, Titans Bengals, I thought the game was good. And then the Niner Packer game, I thought the game was even better. And then <laughs> the Rams bucks game. And now mind you, I was in and out for some of this game, but I watched a lot of it and definitely seen the end. I thought that was the game of the weekend. And then there was an entire <laughs> different game on Sunday night, which we will talk about that. I, that set um, a different precedent. There's, there's certain games that'll happen that have a Super Bowl like vibe to them. For that, I set the tone. I digress. Let's start off with the first one. Bengals Titans. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we both picked the Titans. Uh, I didn't leave the game thinking that the Bengals were the better team or the worst team. I thought that these were actually pretty even teams. They both have flaws. The Bengals scored 19 points, so I'm not trying to make it seem like they destroyed the Titans, but I thought they did a better job of overcoming adversity. Tannehill throws three picks. That's adversity. The Bengals get sacked nine times. That's adversity. The Bengals just kind of capitalized on that. What was your biggest takeaway from this game? Obviously, the Bengals pick up a 19-16 victory on the road. Um, Yeah, you can't have three. I think it's a testament to how good the Titans are that they had three turnovers and we're still in the game until the last kick of the ball. Um, I thought it was crazy that the Bengals got all those extra possessions and were only able to muster up 16. I think it alludes to what I was saying in that this is the best Titans defense that we've seen in a decade or two. They're phenomenal on all levels. But uh, Tannehill's first pass and last pass were both intercepted. Um it's a little nice to the heart when you see Mike Hilton make a phenomenal play as a Steelers fan. Uh, he's one of the best slot corners in the game, and he proved it again uh, with a phenomenal play. Um, but, yeah, you would have liked to see him use the running backs a little bit more, especially knowing that Tannehill did that. And it's an anomaly, I think. I don't think he's going to do that all the time. But when the moment was biggest, Tannehill shrunk. And Burrow, even being sacked nine times, was still even cool head, didn't turn the ball over and played a clean game and gave his team the best chance to win. But like you said, um, we'll get to it later. If we are going to say the Bills and Chiefs right now are the peak of the AFC, these are two teams that are definitely in the three or four right under that. You can see in the future are going to be consistent playoff teams. 
um, especially with how young the Bengals are. They're the team that I looked at. If they lose, their future is still very bright. Um, but for the Bengals to advance, not only having their first playoff win in 30 years, but now winning in the divisional round, going to an AFC championship game, what can you say about Burrow and the Bengals? But I really think the Titans let this one get away. I think it would have made – if the Titans would have won this game, played clean football, I think they would have won. And it would have been, well, the Bengals are young, they'll get there. And the Titans, you know, first first seed at home did what they were supposed to do. But clean football, that'll do it. It was um, the only difference in this game was one team had a much better quarterback, and it was enough to, to, to make a difference. In 1916, the first of many last play of the games to end the game, the Bengals win by three. And like I said, we – I've, you know, I, I like the Steelers, and then it's okay, I like the Colts, and then maybe this team. I have run out of horses. I'm just watching football to enjoy it. Both the Titans and Bengals are fun to watch, and I can't wait to see the Bengals in the second and the well, third round now for them, the, the AFC Championship game. That's exciting for them. Yeah, I mean, looking back over the course of the season, uh, I didn't have the Bengals as a projected great team. I had them as probably a five or six win team basically off of um, second year of Joe Burrow. Not a very talented roster. They're going to have some work to do. They'll beat some teams. Um, But the one thing I was very adamant about was that they needed Jamar Chase, and I loved that pickup, and it proved to be very good pickup this year. And um, But I think the one thing that, like, maybe I wasn't quite right about is – that I thought they would get some competent offensive line help throughout the rest of the draft. And unfortunately they just, they haven't been able to protect Joe Burrow. He was one of those most sacked quarterbacks in the league. He was sacked nine times in this game. And if I told you that a quarterback was sacked nine times, you'd be like, yeah, they had to have lost. He was sacked 51 times in the regular season. It's, it's bonkers. It's bonkers. Yeah. Um, but I will say this no matter what, Chase was the right move. It's paid off. It's been a great pickup for them. Um, he's definitely one of the reasons that they are in the position they're in. Um, weirdly enough, I thought this game was really good. 19 to 16, you wouldn't think so, but I thought it had a lot of drama to it. And I, as you alluded to, it had a walk-off kick. Um, it's the one game, though. Feel free to argue. I don't think it has any storylines out of it. It just kind of happened and now they're you know the Bengals are in the next round there's not really a takeaway outside of it you know what I mean yeah the 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 biggest thing I guess being talked about is Tannehill's play um you know you talk about the three picks and then on a second well I I get that but that's what the thing is are the Titans going to be able to go to the next level with Tannehill especially when you talk about Burrow Allen Mahomes Herbert Carr like Lamar Jackson, we're talking about all these different makers at quarterback, and Tannehill's just a guy. Like, I know the three picks, but if you watch the game in the second drive, A.J. Brown had two defenders by four or five yards, and Tannehill overthrew him by four or five yards. Like, Tannehill was the difference, and he's the only question mark, because I believe most people who watch the whole game have the same takeaway. Titans were the better team, and Tannehill threw the game away. I mean... Pretty. I, much, I mean, that's that's about no, it. No, you're right. Here, here's and here's Tannehill. the thing. I'm gonna defend Tannehill. Just just the hair. First off, I don't even think this is arguable. He was the worst quarterback left in the playoffs. You could potentially argue he was the worst quarterback entering the playoffs. I'd have to go through and look, but it's definitely arguable. Okay. 
you know what you were getting. He hasn't had Derrick Henry back in eight weeks. Derrick Henry was not Derrick Henry. Was he good? He was good. Was he great? He was not. You can allude that to a lot of different things. Okay. Julio Jones also probably his worst statistical year of any of his seasons when in which he played half the seasons get AJ Brown, I thought was great. And he hit AJ Brown several different times. I know you alluded to the overthrow, but he also hit him multiple different times. That We're touchdown talk- was nice. That back shoulder touchdown to AJ Brown was a yes. peach of a throw. It, it was an absolute dime. Yeah. It, he, he didn't even have to catch it. It literally stuck in his arm. He didn't <laughs> it catch was, it. It just, it was it a just nice like, throw. yeah, it was a great throw. And At what cost though? Okay, well, we'll time out, and I'm going to say one more thing because we're going to get to another game here in just a second. I'm never going to abuse a quarterback for taking chances, trying to win a football game. I understand that you sometimes you just can't make that play that loses you the game, and unfortunately, Tannehill did. He made three, you know, he threw three picks, but I, I'm going to applaud him for taking some chances and trying to do what he could when Derrick Henry took 20 carries for 62 yards. He really had one good run, and it was the the walk-in touchdown where he was literally untouched. Um, outside of that, you could argue Foreman was better. He had two big runs. He had a 45-yarder, and then I think like a 10 or so yarder. But, like, um, A.J. Brown was terrific, but there's a guy throwing him the ball, and it was Tannehill. Tannehill played all right, three picks. And the, and the <laughs> two of them were tremendous defensive plays. You know how there's like a there's a you throw a pick and it's like what were you doing and there's another one it's like wow great play two of those were literally fantastic defensive plays it, I'm not gonna destroy him Joe Burrow was the better quarterback but Ryan Tannehill was probably the worst quarterback entering the playoffs I don't disagree I'm just saying that like. If there was anything coming out of this game, it'd be like, no, wow, I agree. Bengals are for real. Tannehill, worst playoff game of his career. Okay, well, let's I hope you keep that same energy for this next game. Moving in, we have the Green Bay Packers hosting the San Francisco 49ers. This was the uh, the nightcap on Saturday night. Um, it's kind of weird that a 13-10 game could be argued better than the 19-16 game, but in my opinion, it was. I thought this game was smash mouth. Um, Obviously, the weather was a factor. Uh, turnovers are a factor. But the Packers opened this game up, walking right down the field on San Francisco, dropping seven, and they proceeded to score only three points the rest of the game. And the Niners didn't really score till the third quarter, but put in 10 points in the fourth quarter, and it was enough to get the job done. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. You know, I <clears throat> I posted – that Tom Brady or that Aaron Rodgers could never beat Tom Brady. And it got a little kickback from you. And I think the one thing that really annoys me in life is when I'm not taking a shot at you. I'm talking in general here is when people pretend that a take doesn't exist because it doesn't make sense at that current moment. That doesn't mean that it wasn't a take because it was, it's 100% been talked about that Aaron Rodgers is better than Tom Brady. Yada, 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 yada. Aaron Rodgers has legitimately not been back to the Super Bowl in over 10 years. Okay. And a lot of times there's always, it's someone else's fault. It's Mike McCarthy's fault. 
It's the fact that he doesn't have a good defense. It's the general, the, the general manager. It's the coach. It's the play call, it, the weather. It, I'm so sick and tired of hearing these excuses. The Packers had like 10 pro bowlers this year. They have a good roster. One of the best rosters in the league. And on multiple occasions this year, out of your mouth, out of my mouth, out of other people's mouths, smart sports fans' mouths, they said this was the best team in football. And they could muster up 10 points at home against, in all actuality, a pretty average team. Are they a good football team? Yes, at this point in the, in the season. But they were 3-5 and five at one point. I mean, they're, they're, not, they're not special by any means. The San Francisco 49ers are by no means the greatest team that's ever played football, and they're not even a top-five team in the NFL this year, in my opinion. I think they've played a great football when it matters. Um, Rodgers was sacked five times. He was 20 of 29, but he only threw it to two people. I, I'm i just like, I don't know what to say about this guy. I feel like everybody babies him, and I'm going to give the same exact energy to Aaron Rodgers that I've gave to Peyton Manning. They just don't win enough playoff games. Like Peyton Manning, tremendous regular season after tremendous regular season after tremendous. Well, guess what, buddy? When you walk out that dome and you have there's other weather out there, you shrink. You're not good. And Aaron Rodgers, I'm you play in Green Bay. You have to be able to throw the ball in cold weather. And you're like, well, you completed 20 passes. You scored 10 points. If you told me right now, Aaron Rodgers, you have to score 14 to win this game. I would have bet my house that he would do it. And he didn't. I'm just, I'm tired of the, we're babying this dude. And honestly, we're going to talk about offseason later, but I don't know why anybody would try and get this guy. In my opinion, he's the most checked out quarterback. I told you at some point they would implode. I'm calling this an implosion. It's 10 points in a playoff game when it matters most. I'll let you go. So I guess I don't really like, so when it comes to the whole Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning thing. I'm not trying to make it a Tom no, Brady no, argument. I'm just I trying know. to put it where Rodgers deserves. Yeah, I, he deserves I, I criticism. Think, I think people get lost because Rodgers just has a sweet highlight tape. The The reason, the reason like when, when you talk about like your post, because I know most people who follow this are on the Facebook page. I yeah. gave pushback because people who say that Aaron Rodgers, it, for that make any quarterbacks better than Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. I just don't think they're really looking at anything in football. Like there is no stat or this or that left that that wouldn't agree with Tom Brady being the best. Um, Peyton Man, like Aaron Rodgers, I don't even know if he would be top five. I mean, you, for all the things you alluded to, um, I look at the, this was the game I watched the least because I also had the fights on another TV and it was just more entertaining to me. Um, when you look at the stats, 20 for 29, 225 yards. Yes, it was to only two people, but still, that's a solid completion percentage in yards. Your running backs both averaged over three yards a carry. It doesn't really make sense how they only had 10. Like, it's a huge question mark. Like, the offense seemed to do well. And like you said, the first drive, I mean, there was no resistance. So, and that comes – I'm not I'm not taking it away from Aaron Rodgers because everything you said is – true how do you only put up 10 how are you 0-4 versus the 49ers how have you not been to a Super Bowl since 2010 when you had Charles Woodson and AJ Hawk and you know all these defensive Clay players Matthews, too yeah. Clay Matthews yeah so obviously their special teams have been an issue all year 
the blocked punt for a touchdown, the this and that. So no, no, no. I, I'm not saying. I hate when you look away like that. There's special teams because I feel like you're going to try and put this on the special teams and not Aaron no, Rodgers. No, no, Aaron Rodgers. There, there's three pieces to this, and none of them are the defense. The defense played lights out. Jimmy Garoppolo could do anything. You have Aaron Rodgers and this team only putting up ten points. You have the special teams, blocked kicks, blocked punts, and that's how the 49ers got their touchdown. And then I kind of question Matt Lafleur. We've talked about, um, maybe not us specifically, but a lot of times the Packers will come out hot and then they will fall off later in games or they'll just get steamrolled sometimes. They couldn't do anything with Jordan Love against the Chiefs. They couldn't do anything game one against the Saints. And it almost seems like Matt LaFleur, more often than not, has a great game plan that wins games. But if it doesn't work, he has no plan B. It's like they came out and it destroyed the 49ers. They were like, all right, this is what we need to change. And then the Green Bay Packers were just trying to do the same thing and banging their head against the wall the rest of the game. I just, I, I feel like if Aaron Rodgers leaves, retires, goes to another team, whatever have you, I think we're going to see the Packers have a massive fall. And I know a lot of people would say, well, yeah, you're losing Aaron Rodgers to go to a Jordan Love or this or that. Yeah, but I don't think Matt LaFleur really is that guy. We're going to see, I think. But the thing is, is there was no adjustments made by Aaron or Matt LaFleur. The team only put up 10. The special teams gave them a touchdown and this and that. And I, I watched the Pat McAfee show. He understands the intricacies of it. But he basically said it was horrible. Like the way they lined up, their effort, like what their strategy was. So there's many reasons they lost this game. But, I mean, if you're listening and you really do – want to have a case for any quarterback to be better than Tom Brady, I don't really want to listen to it. I still stand by it. It wasn't about Tom Brady. It wasn't about Tom Brady. It was the fact that stop trying to put Aaron Rodgers in a conversation he doesn't belong in. No, That was it. And Big Ben has been to three Super Bowls. Peyton Manning's been to four, three, three Super Bowls. Peyton Manning's been to four. He's two and two. Been to four, but so I mean, those guys have been. Patrick Mahomes has been to two already. Like, there are so many quarterbacks that have exceeded Aaron Rodgers, but because he's played in a relatively bad division and has a sweet highlight tape and can put up numbers after numbers, like, if Matt Stafford wins the Super Bowl this year, is Matt Stafford just as good, if not better, than Aaron Rodgers? Like, I often wonder about the Packers. That's, how do you have, how do you have Brett Favre? If you have Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers for over 20 years and you have two Super Bowl rings, like, that's just crazy to me. I don't know if it's – I and I, there is no one thing on why that is over a long period of time, but is Eli, Eli Manning, Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger, Matt Stafford, if he wins this NFC Championship game, like – Again, I guess you could allude it. You could say the same thing like Peyton Manning. He was a much better regular season quarterback. He still got to four Super Bowls. And he played, what, 16, 18 seasons? I mean, how many did he play? Uh, somewhere in there. Let's just yeah. say he played 18. He, he made it to the Super Bowl like 22% of his career. Aaron's been to one. So, I mean, for, for that whole side of the quarterback, and then your only argument is, well, the way it looks in my eye and the his talent, 
Well, if you can't do anything with your talent, there's plenty of players in the league that came in with talent. and so There's something I want to jump on real quick. You said it a minute ago. You said it a couple weeks when we talked on the pod. I don't remember what episode it was. Um, you said Aaron Rodgers, 20 of 29, that's a good percentage, and he didn't throw any picks. The reason I'm not going to beat up Tannehill is because he's taking chances that needed to be taken to win this game. I don't feel like Aaron took any chances because he's like, I ain't going to throw any interceptions. I'm going to play a clean game. Sometimes you have to turn the ball over, and it shows you're trying. Like a couple years ago, he led the league in throwaways because he didn't want to run what Mike McCarthy is. We get it, Aaron. You're a perfectionist. You don't throw picks. Guess what? Sometimes if you – if he's taking chances in this game, he might throw three touchdowns and two picks. But guess what? You still won the game because you threw three touchdowns. It's just – I'm sorry. I, like, I'm okay with Especially you winning. the way your defense is playing. You have to yeah. be able to take risks because even if you turn the ball over – I mean, they were a brick wall last night. It was – I don't know. It, 49ers pulled it out, and good for them. Uh, they've Absolutely. got a – They've got a favorable matchup coming up, which we'll kind of get to towards the end of the podcast uh, against the Rams. But um, yeah, one more and- question before we move on. One more question. We've talked a lot about Aaron. I feel like we almost talked more about Aaron than we did the actual game. I'm gonna pose this question to you because I feel like there's two sides of the coin here. Huh. So Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo has a very good winning record with Kyle Shanahan. Um, he wins a lot of games. He's five and one in playoff playoff games. Now his only loss is to Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl 54. Okay. Kyle Shanahan doesn't really have a winning record without Jimmy. He's been pretty bad. Matter of fact, a lot of that has to do with just poor quarterback play and obviously Jimmy being hurt. But do you think that this team wins despite of Jimmy Garoppolo? Or do you think he's just a piece of the puzzle? Or do you think they win because of him? Where are you at on Jimmy and this team? Because in my opinion, it's foggy. It's super foggy. Because like right. you could argue, well, Jimmy's plays so bad. The the crazy stat is on this Jimmy Drapolo, they're eight and oh. Eight and oh when Jimmy doesn't throw a touchdown pass. So it's like, is that Kyle Shanahan? It, I'll well, leave it this, to you. This team is clearly run first, but like you look at Jimmy Garoppolo, like 11 for 19, 131. He hit George Kittle for what should have been a 30, 40 yard gain down the middle of the field that George Kittle uncharacteristically dropped. Almost the next play, I think it was Jennings on a slant route that should have been somewhere in the teens. He dropped. Jimmy Garoppolo. He'll turn the ball over sometimes, but again, he's got good accuracy. He pushes the ball down the field, and he's had some bad games, but he's also had some elite games. I think Jimmy's a, a good quarterback, and I think I think he matters for this team simply because when Jimmy's on the field, you have to respect the pass game, and it opens up the run game. If they brought in Ryan Tannehill, I think they could do the same thing because you have to respect the passing game. But when Jimmy Garoppolo's out, you know, what is Nick Mullins going to do? What does Trey Lance know? And you can really commit to stopping the run and all their fancy gadget plays. When you have Jimmy, who knows the offense inside and out, gets three plays in through the helmet, goes to the line, and he's smart enough. He worked with Tom Brady for a couple years, Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels, now Kyle Shanahan. He's had tremendous coaching. He's going to get to the right play. 
And Kyle Shanahan's schemes are always going to work, especially when they have three positionless players on their team. So I think they need a quarterback with a passing threat. And I really like what you pointed out. I, I just don't understand when you had the third overall pick. Or if you would have just stayed at 12. Don't even trade up. Just stay at 12. And you have all these different options. And, like, you were at number 12. If you would have traded up three spots, you could have got Micah Parsons to add to that front seven. Or J.C. Horn or Patrick Sertain to go to your weaker cornerbacks. Or you could have done so many things to help your team now because Jimmy can win you a Super Bowl. He's He's got a Super Bowl ring as a backup. And he went and outplayed Patrick Mahomes for three and a half quarters. And everyone wants to look at one overthrow and think that he can't do it. You look at Jimmy Garoppolo week in, week out, year in, year out. And everyone's like, he's injury prone. He always has nicks and stuff, bruises here, this and that on the injury list at practice. I mean, he goes out and he plays through it. He tore his knee up one time. Other than that, he's played through tons of stuff. He's a tough guy, despite how his appearance, maybe you think he wouldn't be that way. I like the 49ers. I didn't think they'd be here, but the Bengals and 49ers are why we put seven teams in on both sides and let them decide who the final four is. And they, they, they did it on the field. I'm very happy for the 49ers. And we also beat down on Kyle Shanahan all the time. Is he the coach for this or that? Finds ways to win games. And sometimes it's not pretty. Sometimes he's got to use his defense. Sometimes he uses his special team. Sometimes he uses a run game, pass game. He'll have Jimmy throw it eight times in a playoff game. He'll do whatever it takes to win the game. And here 49ers fans are again, deep in the playoffs, playing a division rival. So good for them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything more on this game? No, it's we beat it. Sunday, three o'clock. There was uh, there was a banger on. So mind you, like I said, I thought Bengals Titans was great. I thought Niners Packers is even better. Um, and then I thought this was the potentially the game of the year. <laughs> um, and again, it got outdone. We'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, this game is going to be highlighted by a lot of different things. There's tons of storylines coming out of this game. Um, but at one point, the Rams were up twenty-seven to three. Okay, and uh, a friend of mine is in town from Tampa. They're but they're Bucks fans. She lives uh, right outside of Tampa, and she goes, "Jeff, are the Bucks out if they lose this game?" And I said, "Settle down. You have Tom Brady on your team." And part of me thought this game was getting away with four minutes ago when it was still twenty-seven thirteen, and the Rams had the ball. The Rams did the absolute darnest job to keep this a game. Like Julian Edelman says the funniest thing, but it's it's true because if you don't do it, it comes back to bite you. His dad always told him when he was a little kid, when you have somebody down, step on their fucking throat. The Rams refused to put this game away. I think you would have thought to yourself at any point when it's 27 to three, if they kick a field goal, this game's probably over. It's just over. It's just too much. And all of a sudden, they're fumbling, fumbling, snaps going over heads. And, and you know, Tom makes a couple of throws, and Leonard Fournette has a couple of big plays. And next thing you know, boom, it's literally tied. And then I thought, a terrible defensive call. And who other, right? Who other than Cooper Cup, who's been, we both said it, 
we both said it on this pod. We thought Cooper Cup should be the MVP of the league this year. Um, he came up with the biggest play of the whole year at that moment in time. Um, goes over the top on Antoine Winfield, a very good safety. And uh, he catches the game winner. And and there it is, just like that. So with that said, what was your takeaway of the game itself? I thought the Rams were the better team from start to finish. Obviously, they screwed up a lot of stuff. But they're the first team in NFL history to fumble the ball four times, have a 20-point lead blown, and and win the game. It's impressive. Yeah. Um, for some of you guys, maybe it's your first time listening, but Jeff is right. Uh, his pick to win the MVP is Brady, and mine was Rodgers. But we said that because Cooper Cup should win it, but they kind of just give it to quarterbacks. But Cooper Cup is who should win it. And for those of you who know that he won the triple crown, his receptions, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns, he also led the NFL in yards after the catch. So he's actually the quadruple crown. Or crown. So um, he's the he's the goat crown. Yeah, I mean he's got he's got it all. And wide receiver did something this year. It was Cooper. Um, yeah. There was there's one thing, and I know it happens a lot for Tom Brady, but it happens a lot for just quarterbacks in general. That something is linked to just them, like the 28 to three comeback in the Super Bowl. Remarkable. But everyone like a lot of people call it Tom Brady's comeback, and it's like no, it was like the Patriots came back like I read an article after this game and it made me like mad it said Tom Brady's comeback foiled by defensive error late in the game the defense gave him five extra possessions in the second half like what it was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did everything they could to try and come back Tom included he threw it like 54 times I think I have right yeah 54 times I mean the game was fantastic but you had a little bit of worry when I think it was 20 to 3 and the Rams are going in to score right before half. And game's going to put away, and Cam Akers fumbles. And you're like, wow, they kind of let him off the hook there, but they get the ball at half. And, you know, the game's going back and forth, and you're watching it. And just like, in hindsight, it was just an eerie beginning. I think the the football magic that was going to happen in that Sunday night game started to leak out in, like, late third quarter and fourth quarter of this yes. game. Like, uh, it was just seven quarters of madness. Um, Cam Akers fumbles. You know this. What I take away from the game: the Buccaneers just had quite a few injuries on the offense that really kind of limited them. But kudos to Mike Evans for the night that he had when they knew he was like the only receiver, big receiving threat, eight for one nineteen in the touchdown. Um, but. The Rams came in. I thought they were the better team, at least like they had all their stars. They were all healthy. Talk about acquisitions. They brought in Von Miller and OBJ, but we're very clear. We have Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald. We need you guys to be great in spurts. And Von Miller, he tried to put the game away himself, strip sack, recover it. Next play, snap past Stafford's head. And you're just like, what is going on? How is is this going to happen? Tom Brady's going to win. We're gonna hear about twenty-eight to three and twenty-seven to three. He's, it's gonna happen. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are coming, and then if there was one guy, one guy you couldn't let beat you, it was Cooper Cup, and he was wide open. Um, I still think with Jared Goff, they're kneeling for overtime. I really think that's that's like kind of the mindset with Matt Stafford there. 
Um, he had that great throw to Cooper Cup, and then obviously on that blitz at the end, he didn't try and launch a perfect pass to score a touchdown. He kind of went a little bit sidearmed on it and just put it up for Cooper to get it. I mean, Cooper Cup's route, he just ran straight. I mean, uh, it, and it was the same thing with Cooper Cup. They, he tried to break it down after the game. He's like, I thought they were in two-man, then they were in zero. And, I mean, I didn't really know what they were doing. Matt Stafford's like, you know, he gets that ball zero times out of zero. I mean, but they were lined up weird, so I threw it. So the Bucks had a miscommunication in their secondary, which you'd say maybe is the, the weakest point of their team. But for them to have all their starters for the first time since last year's Super Bowl all in the field, to still put up 30 is impressive. Um, and, yeah, it really speaks volumes for the Rams. Maybe they started thinking about the 49ers and let it get in their head. And But some uncharacteristic things, and it really showed me that the Rams are outside. Like you said, they had, like, they lost three of four in the middle of their season figuring it out. And outside of that, they've been pretty consistent. Like, outside of that, like 11 and two or something like that. Like really so, good. Yeah, and uh, what can you say about um, – Matt Stafford, you know, 38, 28 for 38, 360 and two touchdowns, no picks. Uh, none of the turnovers were the quarterback's fault. To turn the ball over four times and none of them be your fault, Cooper Cup, Cam Akers twice in your center. I mean, what a game. Cooper Cup, nine for 183 and a touchdown. That's just remarkable. Um, no other wide receiver on the day is going to do better than nine for 183 and a touchdown, right? You wouldn't think. Maybe Stephon Diggs could have a better day. Maybe Tyreek, certainly not Gabriel Davis. He wouldn't do anything. We'll like get to that. that. Settle down, settle down. We'll get there. But no, I just the, the Rams are a really good team, and uh, if they can keep that that those seven stars, the Cup, Odell, Acres, Stafford, Donald, Vaughn, you know Floyd's playing really well. Cooper or uh, Eric Weddle tried to give the Buccaneers even more chances. He was less than a second away from your cut. Pretty much. So um, they really got to clean that up if they want to not only beat the 49ers, but if they make it to the Super Bowl, win that game, they're going to have to clean those up. But the Rams look good outside of a scary debacle. But for the most part, Rams look really strong. couple points here I want to make. Um, Tom Brady led the league in 20-yard passes this year, 75. Stafford was third with 65. But you just said something a second ago, and I wanted to kind of double down on it. Um, Jared Goff would, they would probably be kneeing for overtime. So 40 yard passes downfield over the last three seasons, you could go look it up. It's pretty much been dominated by Patrick Mahomes. Uh, this year, Matthew Stafford led that category. He had 18 passes over 40 yards. It was the most in the league. The next closest was Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes only had 11. Uh, Tom Brady had 10. So he almost had double what Tom Brady did. Um, the deep passing game was second to none this year. And I think you 100% have to allude that to Matthew Stafford. I think that is like, that is a Stafford stat. He finally got his dudes. Um, second thing. Um, I was happy to see the Bucks lose. And I didn't think I would be. Um, obviously, like towards the end there, I was like, holy shit, Tom Brady's about to pull this off. And at that point, it started to like twist my emotions a little bit because when it was 27 to three, I was kind of happy that Stafford was going to get that big time playoff win. And he still ended up getting that. And that's what kind of like took over my feelings because, like, I'm not 
I'm not a Lions fan, but I grew up in the state of Michigan. I'm a Michigan fan. I bleed blue. I'm a Detroit fan, but I've never tied myself to the Lions. It's like the one team I don't tie myself to. But the Lions are very unique because they've had arguably the greatest running back to ever play, top three, bar none. Arguably one of the greatest wide receivers to play, top five to ten all time. First battle Hall of Famer. First battle Hall of Famer. And then they have a quarterback that nobody's going to say is arguably the greatest ever play because he never won. He played for a, just an absolute atrocious organization. And I don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole, but I was listening to a Draymond, Draymond Green podcast the other day, and they, he was talking to Tracy McGrady, my favorite basketball player ever. And Tracy McGrady never won anything, like never won a playoff series when he was a starter. And they were talking about winning and what winning actually meant. It doesn't always translate into titles. Not everybody, and I'm going to kind of dog my dude here, not everybody can have Bill Belichick. Not everybody can have a great defense, a top 10 defense every year. Not everybody can have, you know, pro bowlers at different positions. Not everybody can play in a dome with, with two Hall of Fame wide receivers like Peyton did. Not everybody can have a competent owner. And the crazy thing is, is when you go into a season, the NFL is a little different than the NBA, but not everybody's actually competing for a championship. There's only a handful of teams that are trying to win a championship. And back to my initial point here, I was so happy for Stafford when he went over the top to Cooper Cup and he caught that ball. I thought I would be disappointed after seeing Brady come back, but I was actually like, and I don't want to say I have Brady fatigue because that's impossible for me. I would have been completely okay watching him win an eighth Super Bowl, and I would have gone to bed just fine. Trust me. But like for once in my life, I was like, yeah, I'm okay with this. Um, I was super happy for the Rams. I was happy for Stafford because I thought he really deserved that moment, and I thought he deserved a moment in which you could kind of point it to him. You know what I mean? Like you could put that on Stafford like, wow, he just went out on the road and beat Brady, the GOAT, in Tampa, and you you sent him packing. You didn't send him into retirement, and that's my next point. Before we move on from this, and I'll let you talk a second. Stop with the Tom Brady's retiring. He has said more than any times I can even fathom, he wants to play till he's 45. He's 44 years old. It's almost become more important than winning another Super Bowl to him. He's going to play one more season. I have been on record on this so many freaking times. Stop. He's not retiring. He's not freaking retiring. If worst comes to worst, I, I think this would be far-fetched. He'll leave Tampa and go somewhere else for a one-year rental. Watch it be Tennessee. Just saying. I, seriously, he will. he's not done. He'll play one more season, and then we'll talk about retirement. Um, I think you could argue he just had a great season, even though he got eliminated in the playoffs. He won one playoff game. He went toe-to-toe in the second one. He led the league in every category you could possibly think of. Um, my opinion, he should be the MVP. Probably not going to win it. But, uh, yeah. And then my last point, and it's more of a question to you. But I'll let you talk about – I'll let you comment back on anything I just talked about, and then I'll pose a question. Um, I guess the only thing is I was just kind of sitting there and, like – 
I don't know. I kind of do have Brady and LeBron fatigue. I've never been a hater. Yeah. Um, I've never hated Tom Brady. I don't hate players because they're great. I mean, heck, Tom Brady went to Michigan. I think that's kind of cool. And I think the lack of off the field, like, he's never in trouble. He seems to be a relatively good role model. Seems like a good dad. Like, I've never hated him. I've actually kind of, outside of the Steelers playing him, kind of enjoy seeing, like, someone go to work like that and been to 10 Super Bowls. And same thing with LeBron. Like, I enjoy seeing the Lakers kind of be bad this year and the NBA kind of have, like, a bunch of good teams, no real super team. I think it's just fun. But um, I don't know. I was, And maybe it's because we're not used to seeing Brady lose that much. But I was just kind of looking at him on the bench during the loss and how they were literally getting killed in the first half and him walking up the field. And I don't know. I was just kind of talking to the guys I was watching. I was like, I've never been on the Brady retirement train. I think he could still play. I just – and a lot of people are like, he's playing MVP level. He's going to come back. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. But what if he won the MVP and he was like, I'm okay with going out on top that way. Like, I'm going out as the MVP of the league. It would be his, what, third? Fourth? Him fourth. and Rodgers are both going for their fourth MVPs. Yeah, and Manning has five, right? Yeah. He, he would go out with his fourth MVP, seven Super Bowl rings, been to ten, like – like Christian Myers, who's a big Tampa guy, he he kind of posted it. Like a lot of people in the locker room feel like this roster is going to have a lot of changes. It will. There's no doubt. Right. It and, will. And I know the whole thing, like when he won it in Tampa, Giselle hugged him and said, what else do you have to prove? And like maybe he wanted to run it back. I mean, he's still at 44. I mean, he did everything. But I don't know. This time it just felt different to me. And I, I'm not going to go to the wall. I don't have like hard convictions on he's retiring for this reason or that. And if he played another year, I'd be like, okay, he's just running it back. But mm-hmm. it just felt a little different to me. I just kind of felt like maybe this is it for Brady. Like, I don't know. I just kind of felt a little different on that. I guess at this point, I wouldn't be shocked if he did retire. I mean, he's fucking 44 years old and he's completed everything you could ever imagine a player to do. Times two, like legitimately. But he has said on so many occasions, stop asking me about retirement. I'm telling you, I'm playing until I'm 45. I'm taking him for his word. I'm taking him for his word. I I truly believe that that's like the goal he has in mind. I told you MFers 10 years ago, I'm playing until I'm 45. I'm doing it. Yeah. Tom Brady says he's doing something. I'm I'm sorry. I'm, I'm taking him for his word. That's period. And... You know, it was just a, it was a weird experience for me this weekend because, like, I I've posted on every Facebook wall, and I mean this: if Tom Brady and I were playing go fish, I would root for Tom Brady. He's my he's my favorite dude. Um, it, it's so hard to explain because I mean, he brought me so much joy as a sports fan, but I was totally okay with watching him lose. And I and I've said this, I think on the pod, and I think I've said this to you, and I've said this to others, and a lot of people like to give me crap about you know being a Tom Brady guy still with you know the Bucks and all that stuff. Um, I kind of got closure in week four, um, when he beat new England. Cause I was truly like disappointed. I wasn't happy to watch a Tom Brady win, you know? Um, I've, 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 like I said, I would have been totally okay watching him win another one, but I was totally okay watching him lose too. And it didn't affect me at all. Like not at all. I was super upset when Michigan got destroyed by Georgia this year. And I was pretty upset when Michigan or uh, when New England lost the bills didn't even shed a, a remote piece of emotion when, uh, 
when Cooper Cup got free in the secondary. I'm like, nope, well, oh, well, (laughs) (laughs) truly. Um, Second thing I want to get to, you know, we've been going long on these topics, a lot of of great football. (sighs) Where's Coach McVay? Where's he at? Uh, In my opinion, dude, he's (sighs) – obviously there's Belichick, Andy Reid, right? Is he third? I'm, I think Coach McVay is really elevating himself. I think that was a huge win. Uh, it's pretty apparent that at this point he carried Jared Goff. Would you agree? I mean, it's. Um, did you think this was a Coach McVay like elevation game, or do you think it was more Stafford? Where, where you at on that? I, I, I thought know. I was impressed. I was impressed. I guess I, I link him to a lot of the the younger head coaches, and it's like okay, Zach Taylor. Um, you know, he's done well with Joe Burrow. And then like you look at Kyle Shanahan, he just seems kind of like angry all the time a little bit, like kind of weird to approach. Cliff's Cliff Kingsbury, I mean, he's done all right with Kyler Murray, but he hasn't shown anything special. Um, Matt LaFleur, uh, he's kind of just like, oh, him and Aaron Rodgers this, him and Aaron Rodgers that. You don't really see anything else. With Sean McVay, I see defensive players. I see wide receivers. I see tight ends. I see him run. Even if he lost the game, I see him running into the end zone to celebrate. Like, I just think he does more for his team than just design offensive plays. I think he's a complete and utter top coach. Um, The Rams, since he's got there, have every single year been a top team who can compete in the playoffs. Um, he's completely revolutionized possibly how teams go about free agency and saying, I want these seven positions to be top four at their position and we'll work with the other guys. And he's hired good assistants. And what can you say about Sean McVay? I love everything that he's done. And you give him Matt Stafford and wins the NFC West, wins two divisional games. And, you know, going forward, we've talked about the Rams and 49ers. 49ers have won the last six meetings between these two. So, I mean, look out, but in the playoffs, could Sean McVay really cement it? And, yeah, he, he had to duel Patrick Mahomes in that star-studded Chiefs team. And I'm, Or, no, I'm he lost he... to the Patriots. He lost to the Patriots, I'm sorry, in that, that, yeah. that brutal game. I mean, he went up against Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and got stonewalled 13-3 to back to the drawing board. But, I mean. I'm glad you said something a second ago. You said – um you look at him more than just an offensive coach. Like that's what I think sets him apart. Kyle Shanahan, we look at him and it's like, oh, he's an offensive mind. Matt LaFleur, oh, he's an offensive. Yeah. Great play, play caller. Call. Play caller, play caller, play caller. You know, Zach Taylor, at this point, I don't think anybody's like, oh, he's an elite coach. No, he's a good yeah. play caller. I mean, he's got a good he's got some good players. Same with same with Arizona, right? I don't think anybody's over there be like, oh, elite coach. No, we're great play calling, great players. You look at Sean McVay, dude. I just like, I think like demands the locker room. I listened to, um, I was listening to Colin Coward's personal podcast and Keep Tlaib was on there. He played for them, right? He was in that, I think he even played in that Super Bowl. Yeah. I don't I know. Think he did too. I think he Regardless. did. Regardless. Yeah. So um, he said, he goes, Sean McVay is super upfront with what he wants. Okay, so it's basically he shows up, you you show up, right? And from the time you get there, it's, hey, thank you for joining the team. We're super happy for you to be here. This is your expectation. This is my plan for you. There's no games. It's this is why we brought you here. We're thankful you're here. 
here's what I have in mind. This is what I want you to do. And here are my expectations. If those don't waver, the relationship's great. If they do waver, they move on from you. That's why there's, do you remember, this is, it's really funny. And nobody talks about this. Their left tackle, his name escapes me already. Whitworth. Okay. Do you remember he was, he was supposed to retire after Super Bowl 53. People forget, like people don't even talk about that. He was literally going to retire after that game. They lost, and he's been back every year. Because Sean McVay runs such a good group and such a good team and such a great atmosphere. People like it to play for him. I think Odell's going to probably stay there. I think that, obviously, Stafford, I mean, him and, and McVay were apparently boys off the field, but it's just like, I don't know. McVay's really growing on me. Um, we'll see what he does this weekend. We'll talk about that in a minute. But Yeah, and it speaks to it a little bit when you talk. It's like 45-1 and one now or something that – if he's got a lead at halftime, that's a wrap. I think he's lost one game in his career. Went up. Did he halftime. finally lose one? It was earlier. It was against the 49ers when he celebrated in the end zone and stuff. It was like two two weeks ago or something like that against the 49ers, I think. But it, he has one loss when leading at halftime. Yeah, but that's that's pretty remarkable too. I know you can say, well, he's got Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup. He's drafted or acquired most of those guys. Like most of them. Yeah, Which is impressive because he trades his draft picks away like they're candy. Yeah, I don't know if he drafted Cooper Cup. I think I know he he had Aaron Donald at the start, but he acquired Jalen Ramsey. He acquired Floyd. He drafted Cam Akers. He, you know, most of these guys, Robert Woods, like he went out and got those guys and had a vision, and you know the it's worked out. Yeah. Um. All right, we're here. <laughs> um. Sunday night football. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. Um, the game of the year had already happened earlier in the day. I thought that that was probably one of the better games. Um, obviously, we had the Week 18 between the the Chargers and the Raiders. That was a really great game. There were some other ones, too. This one lived up to any expectation you could have had for this game. It exceeded it. I don't care who you are. <laughs> I, I mean, I thought it was tremendous. I felt like a lucky football fan. Um, traditionally, you know, if I'm, if I'm laying in bed and watching Sunday night football, my wife will look at me and be like, Hey, you care if we watch this on Netflix or Hey, you care if we watch this? And for the most part, I'd be like, yeah, it's whatever. She's seen who was playing. She knew what time of the year it was. She's seen the score. She's seen the quarter. Didn't say a word. <laughs> and she's seen how I was reacting because their game was legitimately nuts. There's a lot of takeaways before we get into it. I'll let you talk for a second. Yeah. Um, we'll get to uh, another topic even after this one. I'm sure you guys are waiting to hear our opinions on overtime because everybody's got one. But um, here's what I truly remember. One, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. I get it's cliche. I, I don't even know if it would be Tom Brady and Peyton Manning because I think they're more equal. I think they're more equal than that, personally, the two of them. Um, it's going to be fun to watch these guys battle it out. Um, obviously, that lasts like three or four minutes, and you can't sit down. Um, but what I remember the most is seeing such an incredible game and then just feeling sour afterwards. Like, the game just didn't end right with me. And now I don't grab the Chiefs, beat the Steelers, this and that. It, it has n 
I don't have a dog in the race. I love watching Patrick Mahomes. I love watching Josh Allen. I think these offenses are incredible. I think both of them have a real chance to go on and win the Super Bowl, whoever wins. Um, but it was just like, you know, everyone's got their opinions. But, you know, the Bills come out two fourth downs on the opening drive, and you're like, okay, this is going to happen. Then, it, you know, it gets to 14-14. Chiefs drive right down the field, barely miss a field goal. That's going to come back to matter. I, they, they missed an extra point in the game, too, I believe. They left four points out there. Um, but, man, the, the final minutes, I mean, Josh Allen is, what, fourth and 15, and I'm like, do they have to kick a, a field goal with three timeouts and try it? And they run it. Gabriel Davis makes a guy fall down on his route. They hit him. You know, he's running loose. Just Well, I mean, realistically, being dead honest, I think combined Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, there was roughly 15 plays where I'm like, my God, like no one else can do that except for the other guy on the other side. Every play, it seemed like the defense had no chance in that second half, both sides. Patrick Mahomes was like every yard of their first drive to answer the two fourth downs and this and that. And you're just, I even made a post. I said they had all the hype on an incredible weekend and they just, they delivered. They destroyed all the hype back and forth. I mean, you could do a sports center top 10 plays of a crazy weekend and they could be eight of them. Both these guys on, on offense. They both had similar numbers, like 50, I think it was like 35 rushing yards or 50 or something like that, over 300 yards passing, no picks, I think, seven or eight touchdowns combined. It was just, it was remarkable. I don't think I've ever been into a football game that the Steelers were not a part of, like I was this game. It just felt like the future of football, really. It was just astonishing. Sorry for the 22 guys that had to play defense. Um, there's a case like, well, the Bills didn't have Tredavious White. Yeah, well, the Chiefs lost Tyron Matthew on the first drive. Like, it's not often that a Pro Bowl safety gets knocked out because he collided with the quarterback who's 6'5", 240. Like, it was just amazing to watch both of them play and lights out offense. It was just amazing to watch up and down the field, both these quarterbacks. It was like, as a Steelers fan, it was a little defeating. You know, we haven't even talked about, at this point, watching the game, Burrow, Herbert, Lamar Jackson, this guy, that guy, these two. Like, if you're in the AFC, it's tough if you're not one of these two teams. But what a joy to watch these two just light up the field back and forth with amazing plays. Legs, feet, everything. It was incredible. I had several major takeaways, but here's my biggest one. If you're watching that game last night and you see those two quarterbacks, if your quarterback is not 75% of that, you need to move on. You don't have the guy. Like, and I understand, you're like, well, Jeff, those are rare. No, I understand. I, I get that's rare. <laughs> but I also am speaking as a Patriot fan where I felt like we had the superior quarterback for 20 years. If you don't have 75% of what that was last night, you need to move on. I'm looking at myself in the mirror today, and I'm like, Mac Jones can't be that. No freaking way. <laughs> and I, I hope to God Mac turns out to be a player. Holy cow. Like, I don't know who else can be that. I think, obviously, there's some names out there. Herbert, if Sean Watson ever plays another down. Um, maybe Joe Burrow has a little bit of that in him. 
Um, I don't think he has the mobility that we've seen out of those two last night. He needs an offensive line. Yeah, I mean, line. yeah. Um, gosh, I mean, Aaron Rodgers has has made some peaks like that, but even those two, I thought, just looked way better than even an Aaron Rodgers has looked. You know, you know, the whole most talented quarterback ever, Aaron Rodgers. I don't know how you can say that after watching that game last night. I'm like, these two both look tremendously more talented than any quarterback I've ever seen, talent wise. Not, I'm not crowning either of them the goat, although I've heard that already. Um, I, I was so impressed. I loved watching that game. Um, I was cheering for the losers, uh, not because it's like I root for the AFC East. No, because I wanted some fresh blood. Uh, I, I, I was so wrong about Josh Allen that now that he's good, I'm like, dude, go go get it all, you know. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? Um, one more thing before we I ask uh, a, a question. What we get before we get into overtime? Um, mm-hmm. Everyone's saying it's the best game they've ever seen. No, it's not. Thank you. Steelers Cardinals Super Bowl. Ah. That's the best game I've ever seen. I there was two that came to mind. And I'm not just stroking your ego and I'm not just talking to mine. The two greatest games I've ever seen are Steelers, Cardinals, and Patriots Seahawks. Two Super Bowl games where literally you have everything you can think of. Offense, defense, craziness, emotions, turnovers. The, the game Great ends game on the last play that literally late game heroics. Everything you can think of. Two teams that are literally the best two teams in the league trading blows. Okay, we already agree. I don't need to go anymore. I I think I think if you did a game of the year, you know, we still haven't seen the next round in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think there would only be three games that get votes. I think this one would win. Hundred percent, hands down, not close. But there may be some people who don't vote because they didn't like the overtime rules. But this one should win. The second one that would get votes is the Chargers Raiders last game of the regular season. That might not get some votes because a lot of people will say it's rigged or it should have tied this and that. And the third game that will get votes that isn't quite on the same level, but there are Patriots and Buccaneers fans that would vote for the Tom Brady return that ended on a missed field goal. But this game was by far the best game of the year. Everyone was watching I've never seen my Facebook be so much about one event this entire year. Everyone had to talk about it. It I'm was excited for the rating. Was, yeah, it was remarkable. And it was just, and I think I'm not saying the NFL should do something as drastic as changing all their game times. Cause it's already early on the West coast, but having the game start at six 30 on the East coast was. Dude, <laughs> preach, preach. Uh, Preach. <laughs> to, to I, watch an entire game be done and sit down, it's like 10, 15. All day. Like if they do, if the if the NFL ever broadens and says, we're going to do one night game on Saturdays, Monday night games, move them to seven. That way on the West Coast, it's at four. People are at least off work maybe. They can be mad over there. I don't care. Who move cares games to seven or 7.30, but it was fantastic. Good. Hundred percent agree. Um, ready for my question? Yeah, fire away. Did we watch the Super Bowl? Um, 
No, I'm not going to go that far. There's always great matchups. I've seen plenty of great matchups on the AFC and NFC. No, we did not watch the Super Bowl. Um, there's a case that we may have watched the AFC championship game. But I do not think we watched the Super Bowl. Um, we'll see what the Bengals do. And by the way, I just wanted to clarify because I know that a lot of people see our posts on Real Talk. It pops up every time we post them. Um, mm-hmm. I did have a post that said, what are the Bengals thinking watching this game? And you commented the score of the Bengals being the Chiefs. It wasn't like an intimidation thought process of mine. I was alluding to my post like a week or two ago where I said, the Bengals lost seating to go to four. So they didn't have to play the Chiefs and Bills. Yeah. They are thinking they made the right call is what they're thinking. Absolutely. We don't have to play both of them. We just One. have to let them slaughter each other and then play the winner. And it worked out. To, the plan worked. So it's, and, no, they it's got genius. The team, and they got the team they already beat. So they're pumped yeah. and exciting. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're very excited because the bank, we could be watching a Joe Burrow in the Super Bowl. That would be insane. But um, no, we did not watch the Super Bowl. But, of course, I'm not going to say it right now, but, of course, if the Chiefs come out and win 35-21 or 34-24, people are going to be like, well, yeah, we already saw the AFC Championship game. Move on, Bengals. You're young. Have a good time. But the Bengals could mess around and really play. uh, You know, if they beat the Chiefs, they're going to be like, wow, that Chiefs-Bills game meant nothing. You know, that it will meant nothing. So, no, it's not the Super Bowl. Super Bowl is a whole other thing. We did not see the Super Bowl. I want to point out, one last thing, and this is way too long of a conversation to really get deep in, but I just want to put it out there for the listeners that maybe there's some diehard fans out there that that really care about the cap and ter- care about the intricacies of, of football more than just winner or loser. <clears throat> so there's a stat out there that once you become, as a quarterback, over a certain salary cap, the chances of you winning the Super Bowl are pretty much zero. Okay? What? 13%. 13% is the is the cap number. Is the percentage you, the cap number. And that's the highest or that's the number that nobody's done it at? Uh, I think only one person's done it over. I think Brady was like 13.2 one year or something like that. But 13% is the number that they've kind of found. Okay. So with that being said, um, I'll, I'll let you go ahead and guess. Do you know how much Josh Allen made this year? I don't know if it starts this year, but no, I have no idea on these percentages. I'd just be guessing. I don't. He made $1 million. He, he yeah, was, he, I was going to say was, it, the, it was the extension, that massive thing that he signed, not like yeah, current. Correct. So next year he's going to make 22%, which is actually still, le- it's about 10% of what the salary cap is. Um, so he still has a very affordable deal. It's not going to continue like that. It will get much higher. But this year was a really big opportunity for them that didn't go away or didn't go his way. Next year, he's going to have a salary cap, but it's not a lot. It's what actually, fun fact, it's what Patrick Mahomes was playing on this year, $22 million. Still very affordable. Very yeah, affordable. Absolutely. That number is going to go through the roof. Food for thought. I am intrigued to see where these two teams head in the next three to four years because we assume this is a 10-year stretch where these two teams are battling, like you said, every year. These are the two teams we just expect to be there. Just hold on. Let's just hold on. Now, mind you, there's really only like – I don't try to make every conversation about Tom Brady, but there's really only one guy that's always taking pay cuts, and that's Brady. He's going to be gone soon. So if everybody's taking that top dollar, maybe it'll even itself out. 
But right now, rookie contracts seem to be the way that these teams are having success. Mahomes, Josh Allen, maybe we'll see Herbert. It's harder to win when those guys are on higher deals, and they're yeah. going to be very soon. Just food for thought. Yeah. OT. Yes. You want to go first? You want to go second? Uh, I can we, go first. We don't, we don't agree. So, yeah. spoiler alert. go first. Um, so, I'm going to say quite a bit of things here. Uh, first, I'm going to just real quick, I think one rule they should change. Eh, I'm not going to even get into it. But overtime. Overtime. So, if the overtime rules stay as they are, where if you score a touchdown, it's over. I think they should, first of all, yes, eliminate the coin toss. But secondly, they should do either A, the home team starts with the ball in overtime and make home field advantage that much more important. Or B, the away team starts with the ball. Well, it would be a kickoff. But the away team would start with the ball because the home team had an advantage for all four quarters and couldn't win the game in regulation. Yes, that would mean some teams would be more apt to kneel the ball knowing they get it in overtime. That would change part of the game. But what I look at, what I look at is one, I think the old college overtime rules is the most. I, I like that the most. But I, I look at the four major sports. And you look at baseball in the postseason. If it goes into extra innings, they just play another inning. You look at basketball. We're just going to play another quarter, and there's a tip-off. You look at hockey. We're going to play another period, and there's a face-off. You look at soccer. We're going to play another 30-minute game with two halves. So each team starts with the ball. I don't understand why there is this. The only way to keep the coin toss is if you just play another quarter. I just think you should play another, even if you shrink it to 10 minutes, I think you should play another quarter to decide the game. I mean, I just, in the playoffs, the team that won the coin toss is 10 and one in, in, the, in the postseason since the rule change. I mean, it's almost a de facto win. And I'm not saying that that can't be broken by some teams. I think it would even be fun to make it even more fair Say you took 11 guys from both teams and you set them around like it was a tip-off around the 50-yard line and you drone-dropped a football from 150 feet. Team that recovers the ball gets to start. I just think that you just feel so defeated because, like, scoring a touchdown to just this, this golden goal, this, like – do something different. Like if you're going to have the touchdown, if you score a touchdown on the first drive, you win. Do something like the team that starts with the ball in overtime is the team that had more yards of offense during regulation. Then it's definitely like depicted of maybe the, the team with more yards in the game starts with the ball on offense. That way it's like we earned the right to start with the ball. I just think I just agree with Josh Allen too heavily here that, like, yeah, if it was the other way, we would have won too. Like, the coin toss just didn't go our way. I just feel like you you work so hard for a game to, like, I don't know. I, I just don't like it. Because you could say, well, there's a coin toss at the beginning of the game, and you can choose if you want the ball or not. Yeah, but the, just the opposite result's going to happen at halftime, so it's thus fair, I guess. But this this coin toss, I just feel like, 
it's a stroke of luck that holds too much power for two teams that are supposed to like play it on the I just I don't like it. I don't like the coin toss. And it's not like this game broke my back. I've I've always been a fan of changing overtime rules and making it to where like like the PK system in terms of the college where you start at the 25 and then the other team gets a chance back and forth. I like even that. I just I hate the idea of luck being put into a game where it's like I don't know. I didn't like it and I never liked it. And you have a situation like Jerome Bettis. I didn't watch the game, but I've seen things where like he called heads or tails. And then there was like a mix up of what it actually felt like. Why is the coin even here, man? What are we doing? So I don't think, um, I don't think the overtime system is perfect. I want to start off with that. I agree with you. It could use, it could use fixing. But and I am one hundred percent in the minority here. College overtime, the old one, is the most hokey shit. It is, Where you start at the twenty-five and go back and forth. It's hokey. It's terrible. And honestly, um, I want you to think. To, I want you to think to yourself. Seriously, think to yourself. Peyton Manning holds the NFL record for most touchdown passes in a game. I think it's seven. He's tied with like two other people. But regardless, okay. If you found out that Baker Mayfield broke his touchdown packer, his touchdown record in four overtimes, he threw 10 touchdowns. How hokey does that sound? It just sounds so high school, dude. I'm like, well, when it comes to stats, it would be bad. But when it comes to the result of a football game, I think it would be more of a even and accurate outcome. But so Michigan, statistics, it, it would it would it would mess with the statistics pretty bad. It, it would ruin them. It would you would ruin. have to have a separate statistics for like overtime touchdowns and stuff like that. I think like it would that would get weird. I guess this it would get super hokey in high school and like Michigan won a game back in 2010. It was literally right after I got out of high school. They were playing Illinois. It went into only three overtimes, but both teams traded touchdowns the whole time. It was 67 to 65. That's a basketball game. Hell yeah! Like it, no, stop. Give it to me. We just got that for four quarters of excellent football. I don't need anything else. And I, I'm going to pose the question before I even get into anything else. And you're big on this. So I'm, I'm kind of shocked you lean this way. Is there not a defense? Is it just a quarterback game at this point? Do we only care about the quarterbacks? Is there not a defense out there, Brad? Why in football would one score just end a game? Like I, that doesn't make sense. Brad, one soccer. play or one drive doesn't decide the end of a game. Yeah. We, we agree on this with every other situation except this. We, we agree that penalties and refs and all that other bullshit are one call or one play. Cooper Cup didn't beat Tampa. Tampa played terrible for four quarters and happened to get a bunch of fumbles. Yeah, so the Chiefs driving and scoring a touchdown, like – the Bills should have stopped them. There was 13 seconds left, and you allowed them to kick a field goal. You don't get a reason to complain anymore. You lost a game. You gave up a score with 13 seconds to go, and then you gave up an entire 80-yard drive or 75, whatever the heck it was. They didn't give up a score in 13 seconds. That led to the other team having more points. I, in, in, no right. other, in no You're other right. sport... 
in no other sport in the postseason when the games matter most, is there one score that can just end a game that doesn't also end in regulation? I guess in baseball, you could argue the bottom of the ninth or like the bottom of extra innings, but the but bottom both teams get a chance, but the bottom is the rebuttal to the top. That if they allowed a drive, like I'm just saying, like, yeah, the defense didn't stop them, but like there's 11 more starters on the team that didn't even, like it just doesn't make sense for with time still on the clock for one score to just end a game. Like to just end a game. Now I am kind of okay with if the chiefs come down and score that the bills have to match that on their next drive, at least, but the whole chance of like the only other sport where I know you don't get a rebuttal is like in beer pong or something like that. Like you wouldn't get a chance to answer. I just, I don't understand how in all of the major sports, they just like add more time to the game or add this or play another, like in hockey, they add another period but right. they reduce the player in the field. I don't like one one score ending a game. I don't what like other that. what other sport do they only play 17 games? It's the most physical sport on the planet and you're basically saying, "Hey, I know you just played 60 minutes, but I want you to go play 15 more." It's a lot, dude. It's a lot. And here's the thing. You brought up a stat and I'm going to kind of rebuttal your stat real quick. So, under the current OT rules, there have been 163 overtime games, including the playoffs. The team that wins the coin toss, they're 86, 67, and 10. So there have been 10 ties, okay? There's a 52% chance of winning. Now, when you break it down to just the playoffs, better teams, better football being played, more crunch, more clutch, they're 10 and 1 in 11 outers. Yeah. So you're right. But could it be fluky? Here's a way we could agree. Here's the way we could agree. If the first score in overtime is a touchdown wins the game, there should be a way to earn the first possession in overtime. It should not be a coin flip. I don't care what the stipulation is. I don't care what the stipulation is. If it's the team that scored last in regulation gets to choose if they kick or receive in overtime. If the team that had the most offensive yards gets to choose if they kick or return in overtime. I just think if the first possession holds the power to end a game, if the first one more time, if the first possession holds the power to end a game, it should be earned, not heads or tails. Uh, This this is silly. This is silly. You're probably going to roll your eyes, but let me hear Josh Allen was given the choice, heads or tails, and he didn't pick the right one. I'm not trying to make a joke. I get that. So we're going to put the the whole emphasis of all these teams, the staff, everyone's culmination into Josh Allen picking heads or tails. That's no, so no Brad, but the, the defense, the number one defense in, in, the, in the league, by the way, had yeah. to trot on that field. And all you have to do is get a stop. One I'm just saying stop. the Chiefs didn't earn every bit of everything they got. I'm just saying if if there is a situation, which is overtime, where a possession can hold the power to win, that possession should be earned somehow through I regulation. Don't know how that's possible. But but that's what I'm saying. It, if if you want to lean off, like which team theoretically had a better game, 
since the score is locked. So what's the next tiebreaker? Total yards. Yeah. Do that. Whatever team had more, whichever team won the turnover margin, you can have a stage like the tiebreakers to get into the playoffs for seeding. Scores tied. What's the next tiebreaker? Like I'll break it to a game. Maybe some of you guys play. If you listen, there's a game called Rocket League. Okay. It's a game called Rocket League. We play in video games. If it's tied in regulation, you go into overtime. You play infinite overtime till a goal scored and then it ends. However, in the tournament, you play 11 minutes. If the score is still tied, the team with the most shots on goal advances in the tournament. Now, this wouldn't be that bad, but you could say that. The team that scored the most points, or say it's tied, but one team had more touchdowns, one team just kicked a bunch. You could say the team with more touchdowns. There could be a whole structure of why. But I just feel like the the first possession in overtime is so important and so powerful that it shouldn't be based off luck. If they changed how the first drive was acquired, I would be fine with the format and rules. I just think luck should be taken out of it as much as possible. And I just, I don't like a coin flip deciding who gets the ball first when that possession could end the game. It just doesn't sit right with me. I'm happy for the chiefs. This isn't about me not liking Patrick Mahomes. And I don't know. I'm not equating it to that. I'm I'm not the listeners. I don't want people to think, Oh, I love Josh Allen. And it was just, I was so angry that it's skewing. I've never liked and I'm all for more options and more choices. I mean, how sweet would it be? You line up 22 guys in a circle. They're all scattered about. You airdrop a ball from 150 feet off a drone. Whoever recovers it. Like, tell me that wouldn't be sick to decide who gets the ball. Tell me that wouldn't be sweet. Tell me that wouldn't just be off. Just a, no I helmets, mean, brass knuckles. No, I'm just kidding. But I'm just saying that I, I think, I, I don't know, I've said it a bunch of times, but I think some of the listeners would agree that, the format would be okay if the first touchdown ends a game, but that that drive should be earned. I think it could be simple when I said it first. Like you could say having home field advantage is worth three points in the spread, right? So if you tie having home court advantage, the away team gets to choose kick or receive. The Steelers won an overtime game this year when we elected to kick. And over time, we just trusted our defense and it worked out. So they should get the choice of kicking or receiving, but they should earn that through regulation or away team gets it or say, you know, home field advantage is so important. It is so important to get that in the postseason, because if a game goes to overtime and you're the home team, you get to choose kick or receive in overtime because home field advantage. It's another it's another beneficiary of doing that well in the regular season the games matter that much more i just think there's a way to say you know what we can't have any quarrels but when you leave it to a heads or tails it leaves room for for conversation like this if there was a structured this equals this in overtime there would not be a discussion you had your chance in overtime to earn more yards than the other team they played better they get to choose if they want the ball i just think there should be a way to earn it because that first possession is too important to be put on a coin flip. And you're absolutely right. Josh picked the wrong side. He was 10 to no, I think going into that game and lost the coin toss twice or something like that, that game. I mean, that's funny. I, I, didn't like know Anthony that. Pratt, I bet Josh calls heads the rest of his life. I bet you he's going to go home and sit in the shower and just, and flip, flip, quarters, just flip quarters in the shower. I mean, seriously, that's got to mess with his mind because he knew he knew when he called tails that if it landed tails, 
he was going to host the Bengals in the AFC Championship game. And everyone knew it. And that's why I was like, shit, man, we got to hope he picks the right one. Or if you're a Chiefs fan, hope he doesn't. But let me, let me, I will say one more thing because I'm a believer in this. And I'm going to sound really hokey because unfortunately, I don't know if it was possible, but you, you got to play better. You, you got to win the game in regulation. I'm asking a lot. You're on the road. You threw four touchdowns. But um, for what it's worth, and I don't know if they punted or not, but um, times, you ran three, three or four punts. You punted. Punts. You punted the ball. No, you didn't turn it over, but you punted the ball. Like, you, you could have done more. That's that's where I'm always at. Anytime there's a bad ref call, anytime I fall the same way in overtime. I understand it's not perfect system. Um, and people are probably listening to this, and I can understand why you're like, Jeff, you've literally been the beneficiary of this rule twice in the last five years, obviously beating Patrick Mahomes and then winning Super Bowl 51. You know, yeah, I am the beneficiary as a Patriot fan, but like, I also was a 100% neutral party last night. Did not give a shit. I was actually rooting on Buffalo, shockingly. Um, you got to do more. You, you have to. I, there's, and it's, and I'm shocked you don't fall in line with this. And I don't want to keep going on this forever because we have more stuff to talk about. But like, you, you're a big component of Jeff. It's not just the quarterback because I give a lot of. I feel you like talked about it earlier. Like you commit the penalties, you you earn the yards. You can always play better. But then, like, there's one part of football that is luck, and it's the coin toss. And it doesn't matter at the beginning of the game because the opposite action is going to happen after halftime. Not, not just the coin toss. There's a lot what of luck else? that goes into a game. <sighs> Somebody fumbles the ball and it bounces one way or another. I mean, there's there's tons of luck that goes there into football. Be around Come football. on. Be around it's a game of inches. Are you ready to talk championship Sunday? We've been going a while, and I feel like this is one of our better pods. I feel like I could talk yeah. football. Yeah, we could. We can go into the next weekend. Um, all right, let's go ahead and start off. Bengals at the Chiefs, ten and seven on the year. The Bengals they've obviously um, won two this round in the playoffs. The Chiefs also winning two. Um, I got the Chiefs here favored by seven points on the Bleacher Report app. Uh, this game is going to be on CBS, the first of the two. Um. What do you got? Um, <clears throat> it's hard to pick against the Bengals because they just beat the Chiefs, and it's hard to pick against the Chiefs because I just watched them 17 hours ago play some of the best football I've ever seen. Um, but I'm not betting against the Chiefs at home. I don't know if I don't know if they should be seven and a half point favorites. Uh, that seems like quite a bit. But then again, if they won by nine to twelve points, I'm not going to say I was shocked. So it's interesting. Um, you've got Melvin Ingram, who's been playing really well for the Chiefs, Chris Jones, Frank Clark, and that offensive line looked really bad for the Bengals. Not only is Patrick Mahomes not going to throw three picks against this team, I just think he's playing the, his best football. And I think the Chiefs are destined to go to SoFi. I just don't – I don't feel comfortable betting against the Chiefs. But I have a very big admiration of Joe Burrow. I loved watching him in college. And I've loved watching him as a Bengal, even though he's in my division. Um, again, I just – sucks that the Steelers aren't in this spot because they got crushed by both of these teams twice. <laughs> Feels bad. But 
Um, it, this is going to be fun. Patrick Mahomes versus Joe Burrow, a different style quarterback than Josh Allen. But, man, the Chiefs are just on it. And after after beating the Bills, they got to feel invincible. I, I like the Chiefs. I just like the Chiefs here, man. It's tough. I'm going to root for the Bengals, though. Not not anti-Chiefs. I just I like what the Bengals are doing. And, man, no playoff win in 30 years. Go to the Super Bowl. That'd be that'd be incredible. Um, so I could give a prediction, but it would literally sound exactly like what you just said. Almost identical. Um, there's absolutely no way. So the one thing I will say is no Patriots, no Tom Brady. I'm looking at these games 100% unbiased. There's no bias in my mind. <clears throat> I, I can't logically tell you the chiefs are going to lose this game, but 100% my rooting interest of any, every team that's left. Bengals are one. I am rooting on Burrow. It's not even an Ohio thing. Like, fuck Ohio. I literally don't care about that. It's literally Joe Burrow. I think he is he is Joe Cool. He has a super likable personality. Um, I'm, I'm digging all the weapons they have, and I'm digging that the swagger of this team is very much like – I mean, Joe Burrow said something the other day, and I, I, I dig it, but at the same time, like, he's like, we're not underdogs. We, we don't have an underdog mentality. It's like – you should have an underdog mentality because you're underdogs. Like if you lost by 10 this weekend, nobody's shocked. Like they're underdogs. Um, I just, I, uh, I, I said this last week. I think you agreed. The Bengals have a weak roster. They've kind of overachieved. Do we think they're going to be there next year? Maybe. I mean, we like their pieces, um, playing a first place schedule is going to be a culture shock for them, but, um, yeah, the, the, I think the Chiefs win this game. Rooting for the Bengals, though. Yeah, um, I think we will see the Bengals in these types of situations a little more. Um, I just think they have what it takes. And when you look at how clustered and competitive the AFC is, a lot of Giants are going to take out a lot of Giants, especially at the quarterback yeah. position yeah. every year. Um, I think the Bengals' offense just about there. I think their draft needs to go offensive lineman, corner, offensive lineman. Um, but the way this offense is young – it's going to attract a lot of offensive line free agents to come to this location, and people are going to get on board with what they're doing. Um, I love the Bengals. Um, I really hope they do it, but and to see Patrick go to another Super Bowl. And again, with the way the cookies crumbled, outside of Super Bowls, he has yet to play a playoff game, not in Arrowhead, which is crazy. That His entire wild. playoff career has been in Arrowhead. Yeah, that is wild. Outside of Super Bowls, obviously. Right, yep. Um, next game. It's really strange that these teams have the identical records. Uh, the Niners, 10-7, and 7, um, heading to the Rams, who are 12-5. and 5. So, fun fact, so the Rams in the first round, uh, they beat the Cardinals. So, they're playing a second time a divisional opponent. So, this is the third time they've met this team. They were 1-1 one one against the Cardinals, beat them. They're 0-2 against the Niners. And as you alluded to earlier in this pod, they're actually 0-6 dating back. So Sean McVay has not been able to beat Kyle Shanahan. It's been a weird little monkey on his back, but the Rams are favored by three and a half per Bleacher Report app here. Um, I, I'll give my prediction first. You gave it first last time. Yeah. I think the Rams become the second team ever to host uh, a Super Bowl. <laughs> They're going to be playing at home. Um, I think the Rams are too much for this Niner team. I think the Niners have... Uh, before the season, we both loved the Niners. Um, I think they've kind of overachieved. I think they're a really good football team. I wasn't really shocked to see them beat the Packers. 
Um, I kind of am shocked to see them in this position after the season they've had. They started three and five, um, but this is a pretty darn good football team. So uh, wouldn't be shocked, but I think the Rams are too much. I think the Rams are destined, as we've alluded to earlier in, in other pods too. Um, the Rams literally lost earlier in the year and then late in the year, but they had a weird little stretch in the middle of the season where they were kind of just rough. Outside of that, they've been really good. Um, I have them winning this game, finally beating the Niners. Yeah, um, the 49ers, like you said, have just had the Rams number. Um, Kyle Shannon seems to beat Sean McVay, and that's why I think the Rams are going to host the Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs. I think it's time to break it. I don't think it gets to 7-0. I think the Rams are playing elite football. They had some turnovers, which – I don't think we'll carry over into the next game. Von Miller's playing really well. Um, Aaron Donald still might be the best defender in the NFL. Um, There's certainly a case to be made for him. Floyd on the other side. Their three or four down linemen create havoc. Garoppolo is not a mover and hurt. Um, Hopefully he doesn't get hurt any further in this game because there's some monsters coming at him on the defensive line. Uh, with their running schemes and Debo Samuel, everyone says Debo Samuel is, you know, he's a he's a he's a wide back is what they're calling him, a running back and a receiver. He can move them all around. Well, there's no more versatile DB than Jalen Ramsey. I think that's going to be the matchup to watch. Um, I just think the Rams, their star power carries them over the top in the NFC Championship game. And you know, you want to talk about bulletin board material. Sean McVay really wants one over Kyle Shanahan. Debo Samuel walking off their field doing the broom sweep. I mean, it's just time. It's time for the Fort Rams. It's now or never. And I look at I look at Matt Stafford, and he's a man on a mission. And he had some bad games in the regular season. I got on him for picks. And then he blasted the Cardinals in the first round of the playoffs. And then he blasted the Buccaneers who had a tremendous front a really good defense and I know you say they barely won the running back two turnovers the wide receiver fumbled and the center snapped it at the wrong time Stafford was nothing short of elite both games he is he is Matt Stafford in the postseason baby different quarterback but him and Sean McVay are unleashing the playbook they're doing whatever they want. Cooper Cup, OBJ, Tyler Higby, Cam Akers is running mean after the Achilles injury. I really like the 49ers. And, man, if we could get 49ers Bengals, that would be cool. But I think it's going to be 49ers Chiefs. And you allude to a game a couple years ago where it was 54-51 to 51 with Jared Goff at the helm and some craziness. Can we get that with Matt Stafford? I don't know. I think the defense is better for the Rams now. And, you know, some things have changed. But – Rams, Chiefs, and SoFi. When you watch a game at SoFi, the colors, the field, the stadium's so new. The jerseys look brighter. It just looks like the future of football when you're watching games at SoFi. I think Rams, Chiefs, red versus blue, I think that's what we're going to get. Um, It just kind of fits the conversation. I seriously don't mean to keep bringing up Tom Brady, but Tom Brady goes to Tampa. They host the Super Bowl. Stafford goes to L.A. hosting the Super Bowl. Super Bowl's in Arizona next year. Are they cutting Kyler Murray? Is Aaron Rodgers going to Arizona? <laughs> I'm just being funny. Yeah, yeah no, I mean, this is uh, – Yeah, I mean – What happened last root- time the Super Bowl was in Arizona? 
been in Arizona a lot. Uh, oh, I, I don't know the been... last time. I'm pretty sure the uh, the Cardinals Steelers was in Arizona. The Cardinals no, were... that was that last time. But it wasn't the last time. But I thought that's that's where it was. I didn't know. Matter I don't of fact, know it it couldn't have been because the Cardinals would have hosted, which wouldn't have been no. It was oh, really? the first time ever was last year. Yeah. We're going to cut that out the broadcast. You guys aren't even going to hear that. I feel stupid. It's all right. Brad's embarrassing himself. Um, we reserve the right to change our predictions because it's literally Monday and the games are on Sunday. But uh, this is when we wanted to pod and get these in. Um, I was super excited to talk football this week after the greatest weekend of playoffs. By the way, fun fact, if you guys made it with us to the end, the record for divisional weekend in total points – differential was 18 this weekend was 15 new record three 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 six 15 i believe is the, the new record um it was yeah. 18 i don't remember when i don't remember that information but 15 four games decided by 15 points also i wanted to say that the bills and chiefs have met three times in the last two years twice in the playoffs once in the regular season Am I right in saying that? Yeah. Twice the playoffs, once the rest of the season. The totality of those scores is 101 to 98, I believe. Jeez. Those 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 three games between the Chiefs and Bills, That's 101 nuts. to 98. I think it was like three points. It might have been That's 102 nuts. to 98, one of those two. But it was fascinating to hear those numbers. And I'll also say this. Bengals win by three, walk-off kick. Niners beat the Packers, walk off kick. Rams beat the Bucks, walk off kick. Road teams were three and zero. Okay, and then last night at home, walk off touchdown in overtime. Four walk off victories. Last play of the game decided it all. All three walk off kicks. The ball was snapped with four seconds left in the game. Nuts. Why is it? Why is, why is it four? I don't know. I don't know. You know, I, know. I actually, I actually, uh, my buddy Jordan, he told me this. He said the reason why you do, like, you ever see teams go out and kick on, like, second down, like the Steelers won a game doing that. Uh, in the because overtime. if they were to fumble a snap, they can run it again. Yep. So a lot of teams, maybe the four seconds is that's how long it would take to get down on it and call a timeout instead of just, like, one second and then you botch it. So I never because, thought about it. Because believe it or not, the, yes, the punt or the field goal, if it's attempted on a second or third down or a first down, it can be re-ran as long as it's not kicked. Once it's kicked, you, the possession's gone. Yeah, or switching possession, yeah. But the snap is just a normal snap until it's kicked. So yeah, for some reason, be, if you were to... If you fumble if, the snap, it'll be an aborted play so TJ Watt can't get the sack record, whatever, dude. Over it. <laughs> I'm over are it. You, are you over it? <laughs> Oh goodness! Wow, we were we went a long time. I hope you guys dug it. I feel like we could have talked for another hour. Um, yeah, football, football is great. It's almost over though. Tier. And if we got we got the NFL, the XFL, spring league, soccer, come on, everything, everything. Not the NFL though. We'll see you guys later. Take care. Real talk. Real talk.